your host, Arena Antoine, and I mean, welcome back to Self Love Lounge. This is a place that stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion in our pursuit of self-love. Self-Love Lounge is a place to learn about, hold space for, and embrace ourselves deeply. Each episode will bring warmth to being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So let's uncondition our minds together to find love within and forever lead with it. So before we get into it, grab a hot or cold beverage and let's go. Welcome back to Self Love Lounge. I want to start this episode with my whole heart, as always, but with the slight fear of the unknown, I'm not exactly sure what this episode becomes or who it even speaks to, but I'm going to take us on a ride where we all experience this particular topic differently, but we each made very similar mistakes over and over simply because we wanted something real. And when I think about the hurt that comes with dating, I feel very uncomfortable of even speaking about it because of what that was like for me growing up. I guess like this podcast is all about being vulnerable and real about how one thing that can ultimately destroy you can also become what builds you to become a powerful, badass human. So let's brace ourselves and take it away on this episode and on this journey together. So yeah, so let's get into it. So I have spent most of my life just avoiding relationships and speaking about them felt so foreign, which is why I really never talked about relationship on this podcast in depth because of this discomfort that I was experiencing. Recently, I realized that every heartbreak was a privilege to experience something real that marked a monumental moment where I became a powerful human. And I really want to emphasize powerful because that is an affirmation that I've really been resonating with this year because of many times in my life, I just felt so powerless. And that comes with giving your power away and letting that take ownership of your being. And that's another episode that we'll get into one day. But I do believe that a portion of the avoidance of never wanting to share about my relationship just stemmed from the way I was raised. You know, how real is that, that we experience or we navigate relationship based on how we were raised, how comfortable and open you were with parents. And so for me being raised in a very strict Indian regulation, as I like to call it, with a modern twist, was rough and was tough. (laughs) There were no like stereotypes in my family with like arranged marriage for my parents or my grandma, but many relatives did have arranged marriage, which essentially affected all of us very differently and impacted us how we navigated relationships individually. This avoidance got me thinking about Like, when were we even allowed to date? At what age, period, time? Because I don't even know. Growing up, my parents never mentioned whether or not I was allowed to date, but I knew that they didn't want me to date because they had this like priority to focus on education before all of that. And it wasn't the dating aspect that made me kind of 
mad almost because I think as a teenager when you're telling someone not to do something that's exactly what we're gonna do you know it wasn't about the dating aspect that conflicted me with my parents but it was just the inability to explore myself openly which negatively manifested lies that I kept which I then lost myself in my parents expectation the judgment of others and the lies I told myself I I always think about this, but I don't know about like Indian moms or just moms in general. Like they just know when you're lying to them. My mom would just see through my lies because honestly, she was just like me growing up. You know, she was secretly meeting with my dad, but you know what? Like, hey, like they got married, they did something right. (laughs) And my dad was very protective over me and did not want me to date at all. Because as a teenager, he was what we call a fuckboy. And despite these like invisible rules of not dating, when I experience my first heartbreak, I remember uh, my mom caught me crying on a phone call. And I remember I quickly hung up the phone and probably lied to her, said it was a friend, but she saw right through my pain. But as a teenager, I just like pushed her away and she left without saying a word but she understood that I needed space, but secretly talked to my dad about it. And shortly after a few hours, my dad came into my room and he sat on my bed. And I remember this like so heartwarmingly. He like came into my room, looked at me and we both just started laughing because in that moment, whatever I was crying about, which was the biggest elephant in the room, even though I felt like we all knew that I had started dating, it just truthfully didn't matter. You know, my relationship with my parents is what mattered to me most. Because looking back at it, my parents weren't exactly the bad guy. They were trying to protect me because they had experienced something very similar to me. And it really destroyed them. And also they didn't know how to communicate themselves about certain topics because their parents didn't communicate openly. And I don't even think dating was even something that was like normal back then. And therefore this episode isn't to really bash or blame anyone. And I don't think this episode will be about parents either, but this episode might just be a reflection for all of us because I think we all did this kind of avoidance in our own way, in our own version. Um, For me, I went from lying to date which didn't feel right. And I actually had so much anxiety about that to communicating that I was dating and that felt uncomfortable, but it was right. And and of course, there may have been a lack of communication between my parents. I mean, let's be honest, like we don't always want to tell our parents everything. We kind of want to keep something to ourselves. And I'm pretty sure our parents don't want to tell us a lot of things about their past because they want to keep things for themselves. For me, Growing up in a black brown family, there is a blend of culture and especially a a culture that we ourselves didn't quite understand. And so we were unable to speak our truth to each other. But at the same time, I had this reflection about how respectfully you don't have to teach your parents new ways of being but you can plant seeds by what you wish for them. Before I became an advocate in life, I had to advocate for myself and my family, which was for my family. And now the need to express myself became became uncomfortable for all of us when I started to communicate myself really openly and direct. And as we each work through our own traumas, we learn to communicate in ways where we each learn to hear each other again. And now the relationship I have with my family is quite phenomenal. (laughs) It sounds really crazy to say it, but I'm very blessed by how we passionately argue 
about our values that we can now understand perspectives. So dating has been such a memory that has been erased because of the lack of knowledge and resource I lacked when I first decided to start exploring myself. Because essentially, like when we're thinking about dating, we're really exploring who we are, you know, and we're searching for ourselves and other people. And we don't really notice that we're doing that. What I learned when I started exploring for the first time was how as humans, the way people treat us when we're in relationships can make or break you. And for me, it broke me. By the way people projected their insecurities onto me and hurt me, which made me quite insecure. And I allowed people to violate my identity with negative opinions where they would like dissect me down to my body, my relationships, my friendships, and just every part of my being. But the worst part of it all is that I let them and I also believe them. And so the core truth of what I uncovered in these experiences was just that I just didn't know how to be myself when I first started dating. And I want to apologize. You know, I want to apologize to the ones I've hurt. And I honestly believe the judgments and I were just trying our best to figure ourselves out. And we hurt a lot of people that we loved the most. But also, like, let's be honest, when we're young, we have no idea about anything. Like, I didn't even know how to date properly. And even if I had no idea to do anything, it was never anyone's job to give me their opinions on how horrible I was to previous partners when they weren't experts themselves. And also, they didn't know me or know my circumstances. And that's something that is a harsh truth that some people need to hear, and even myself sometimes. And so dating in the past and now being in a committed relationship, I feel very protective over the fact that I'm not going to share everything with everyone about my past because in the past, I let my world take so much of my self-esteem that affected my relationships. And like there were even time in my life, and this is a great example, where teachers who were supposed to be mentors were narrating my mistakes in relationships and took pride in doing so to make themselves feel better. And these moments that might seem harmless in the past influence how I now navigate relationships in private and guard them with my whole heart, even the bad ones, because I truly believe in remembering people who I loved in some capacity the same way I felt when I entered the relationship, which was in a loving way because honestly, and I will repeat this over and over again, is that we all just didn't know any better, but we tried our best. And that's something to be proud of and not really bring shame or guilt out of our experiences and kind of look at them neutral because that's what they were. Now that we navigated parts of my past, I want to share how... We all can take relationship traumas or heartbreak and lean towards letting our guards down again quicker than we imagine by just allowing these heartaches to teach us how to love next and not necessarily someone else. That someone else can be just yourself. 
So I guess this next part of the episode is inspired by a fusion of To All the Boys I've Loved meets Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. And with that being said, let's get into the top three crucial relationship that taught me so much about myself, which made me who I am today, a strong and powerful woman. I only have myself to thank for this. So let's get into that. So the first one was the one that did the crime and got away. So this type of love taught me about resilience. And this type of partner was strategic and studied me to a T. And then he attacked me, which caused pain that was all calculated, which made this relationship the most painful one I've ever survived. It was kind of like the type of love that will forever live in my body, but as a reminder of how strong I truly am. And if I zoom out of this relationship, I refuse to be in a victim mentality for too long because if we zoom into this relationship, I survive what could have and should have killed me. And I've recently started writing poetry, which is like such a therapeutic moment for me to really process my emotions through I don't know, like just writing them out in a short sentence that that sounds very powerful in itself and it makes me like feel again. But I wrote this poem a little while ago and it went like this. How could you violate me so deeply that I ended up in therapy forever? And I'm just staring at this poem right now and the pain I was introduced by this type of lover, if you may call that, that the pain introduced me to therapy, which honestly saved me. How crazy is that? A relationship that you entered, which honestly destroyed you, also introduced you to what saves you. And I remember my first therapy session where I spent 45 minutes like crying uncontrollably. And after that session, we never talked about the reason that led me to her office because it didn't define me. It was just a part of my journey that built me. And thankfully, we both noticed and realized that it was all growth after one session. And that's obviously not the same thing for everyone. And I don't want this to be, you know, a journey that everyone experiences exactly that way, which is why I started this episode saying that we all experience this differently. Any trauma, big or small, stores in many places that we wouldn't even consider digging into until our bodies gives us physical signs, whether it's heart population or feeling of nausea. Um, And the list can get very creatively scary. And for me, it's stored in all of these ones, but also in mysterious places in my body that I needed to explore again within myself. I needed to explore my body again through yoga, through, you know, my relationship, through, you know, so many different things to really connect with myself again. But essentially the only person that could have done that was me. I sometimes feel suffocated by words that people use, um, by wandering hands in crowds, because that's how this partner suffocated me in this relationship. And there are people who enter your life and they may hurt you physically, emotionally, spiritually, but have no remorse of doing it. There are many reasons and the list could go on and on why someone does the things that they do. Or what I believe is a reason is one, 
they had no idea they even did it. And the second one, the world around them isn't holding them accountable either. But what brings me peace is that one day, just like today, just like I had to make peace with this hurt, this partner will too. So I guess like, here's to you, smooth criminal. So the second one, this one was all growth. So I feel like the first one was kind of like the hurt, the loss, the confusion. This one was all growth. And this is called the one that tried, but it was too late. When I first entered this type of relationship, it wasn't for myself, but it was for the need to search for myself. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing initially when I started dating him. But now I realize that I was really searching for myself in this relationship that honestly wasn't really special. And not because he wasn't special, but because I truly didn't love him the way I now love people. And I wrote this other poem one day after a walk in the rain, like the dramatic queen that I am. And when I got back, I had this epiphany, which wrote itself as, I now see that maybe he was a boy who paved a blueprint for his dreams, which had no room for me to disrupt that. So there's actually a lot of storyline that goes into this poem that I wrote, which I don't know if I'm going to get into this um, completely just because it's going to be like a whole other story. But do we remember when we didn't want a relationship, but we wanted something more than a friendship? And it's the whole like, we like the person, but we still want to keep our options open. Well, the thing about having a thing with someone is that there's no such thing as a thing. And during this thing I was in with him, I felt like... I disrespected myself over and over again by this thing that had no definition as what we were, but really I had no definition of what it was or what I wanted out of that. My therapist asked me, if you had a daughter, would you let her date him? And I was beyond ashamed by all of the years wasted and all of the time I spent dissecting myself to find an answer to what this thing was, because to answer her question, I would never want my daughter dating someone like that, someone confused. However, I really do believe that he taught me one thing that became one of the most valuable lessons of all, which was to selfishly love myself and to be selfishly passionate about my dreams. On our last date, which honestly he knew nothing about it being the last, it was finally perfect because he perfectly defined what we were. And for some strange reason, perfection just pushed me so further away from him. And I really believe that he started defining our thing once he knew I no longer needed him or wanted him. And I also had question of, did I become his thing because he wanted to know my heart or crush it again once he knew it? Or perhaps he was now searching for himself in me. And this date was the epiphany of my self-love journey because I realized that I didn't disrespect myself over and over again for him. I learned and relearned to love myself each time I hurt. And I also wouldn't say the way he selfishly lost himself in many lovers or the way he shunned those he loved for his dream is what I believed in him. But there was something there that I admire. And I guess what I loved about him wasn't really him or his way of doing him, but it was his passion. And one day, just like today, just like I'm having this conversation with you all, when I became what I loved about him, I knew I no longer loved him. In fact, 
I realized that I never really loved him to begin with. I found the passion that always lived inside of me. And he was just reminding me of that something that was in me already. So I found passion, but not selfishly. I found passion with the self-love I now share with others. So I guess welcome back, Arena. It felt like so good to be back and drop this clown because it's something to celebrate. Here's to you, thing two. And the last one is the one. So thank God for you. You are like my home that I can go to when I feel lost or happy or sad or angry or just like, you're just my home. We could be anywhere. I will be home. You taught me what loving another person can feel like. And on top of that, you continuously teach me how to love others. And in return, I continuously teach you how to self-love and together we complement one another. And I think relationships that are special in my personal opinion and experience should remain specially private and don't need to be aired to the world unless you choose to do so. And on a general standpoint, the one doesn't mean it's the one you marry, but it's the one that you truly love no matter what. You know, the one where selfishness or calculation is never in the equation. However, if you choose yourself in a relationship that is a choice that benefits the relationship, that's not selfishness, that's intentional care. And the one can be the one who makes you fresh waffles in the morning because he knows you really love waffles, even though he will spend an hour cleaning the waffle maker, which he hates, and also won't even make a waffle for himself either. Like, man, that's a keeper. But also true story. (laughs) And what the one is to me though, or is right now, as you get older, that changes because you gain more experiences and lessons about yourself. So here's to many more years of exploring life together. So these narratives lives in all of us in some ways. So try not to nitpick these relationships by tearing them apart and your own as well. These are my real life experiences and these are real people in them who honestly did not know any better. Please feel the emotions that shows up in your own healing journey from a self-reflection upon these relationships or something you saw on the internet or through a song, through anything. Because for me, I sometimes find epiphanies through music and it'll speak to me so deeply that I will have, you know, a topic that I want to share on this podcast episode or a project that I want to start. And so look around you because there's epiphanies everywhere. It's not just a one thing that you find one time in your life where you have this huge epiphany and, you know, life is done. Like, no, it's a long, long journey where you're constantly learning and people are just mirroring where you're currently at. And I always say this, which you all should know this by now, or maybe not if the first time that you're listening to this podcast episode, but like maybe you notice how the feeling of heartbreak, which may or may not have created traumas, but either way turns into self-empowerment eventually. And that's something I can hold your hand tightly and say confidently that heartbreaks always turn into self-empowerment. And even if you don't think so, you'll know. You'll know so and you'll experience, so be prepared for that. And now I can see how this episode really goes out to all my little ones who may be hurting right now. And I want you, I want to let you know that I personally, I love you and I understand you. And I know 
it doesn't seem like it right now, but it really gets better. I know that hearing this means probably nothing because when I would hear this when I was your age, I didn't understand it. I was like, oh my God, this feels like the worst feeling in the world. And my whole world is crashing down by the hurt that I experience. But I'm a living proof that it gets better. I wouldn't be here empowered if it wasn't for me crumbling down when I was your age. And I, and I also want to say I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that somewhere in your journey, you got hurt and have remained stuck with the pain. And this goes out to anyone. I know that you may feel like, or maybe I, I hope to know that maybe you feel like no one understands about how it feels to hurt the way that you are. And maybe no one will ever understand, but I do. And I see you. And I know that sometimes it might feel like you can't get up. And when you do, you can't see clearly because this till this day still happens to me sometimes. Maybe I had it easier because I didn't have too many external forces pushing me down. But the thing is we both were down and curled up to protect ourselves that led us to make decisions that weren't the greatest, but it is what will shape who you'll become. You did everything right, especially with what you had or what you were taught. You did what you thought was right. And I know that you're always told what you're doing wrong and labels are plastered all over your face based on actions or situation. You thought you knew what you were doing, you know, and maybe you did know what you were doing and the outcome was a blessing to let you know that there is another way to do this even better than you originally thought and maybe even less painful. And I sometimes think about how I can't imagine what it's like growing up in this new generation, but I do understand how growing up too fast feels like. One day you're watching everyone around you grow up and it looks fun and glamorous and exciting. So you try to embody that. And when you realize that it's more painful than it seemed because you weren't really equipped for it because you were still a kid. During my last session as a mentor, I saw so much pain. And so I decided during my session to go off script to make sure to check in with these little girls privately without any judgment. And what I uncovered was the toughest little girls that are so joyful every day break, especially when I ask them a simple question of, are you okay? And this makes me think about how important it is to nurture the relationships around us, especially if they're younger. And I, I personally made a promise to myself to nurture my relationships with my two little cousins who are like my sisters. Like I love them so, so much. I make sure to protect them as best as I can, but most importantly, as best as they want me to. Because at the end of the day, they're going to go through adversity I might not understand, but either way, I know that they will overcome their biggest demons within themselves and I'll be there always. And to all my littles that are listening right now, if you're curious about dating or are in a relationship, I want you to know that sometimes I feel like I'm still figuring out how to relationship and that's okay. Our own parents are still figuring it out too. And I sometimes wish I avoided dating when I was younger. However, I do believe at a young age, a relationship for me was supposed to be fun, pure and respectful. And the day that a relationship feels stressful or there's something that's not quite right, ask yourself, what do I deserve? And if you struggle to answer it, I'll do it for you. 
You deserve the world. But at the same time, you are the world. Remind yourself that every single day, because every day I wake up and I'm doing this thing where I remind myself of how powerful I am because there were too many years, insecurities distorted my abilities. So find an affirmation that truly calls you. And I promise you, you will find between each breath, you feel lighter than you did yesterday. And if you feel nothing, try again tomorrow. But promise me you won't give up because I didn't. And I'm here breathing with you all. And to all my mentors, because I do believe we are all mentors. And this goes to the littles or, you know, my bigs. (laughs) And I think that I have been empowered by older women, older men, but also younger girls and younger boys that are empowering me every single day. Like I have amazing conversations with so many different age group because I think that we're all mentors. And now I kind of feel like we should celebrate how far we've come because we are all extremely powerful, whether we know it or not. And this episode, I hope is a confirmation that we are. So before I close this off, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and all major platforms. Um, Please rate us, review us. We would love to know what are your thoughts on each episode, what you want to see next, what you don't love, what you do love. We want to know all of it. And so with that being said, I'll see you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.